0: What's up, everyone? This is episode number 48 of the Wax Museum podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle. And as always, you guys can find me throughout the week on my social media. My Instagram is at Wax Museum podcast. My Twitter is at Wax Museum PC. Obviously, this has been a just horrible, horrible couple of days for basketball fans and basketball collectors As you guys know, on Sunday morning, Kobe Bryant, um, his daughter, uh, seven other people died in a helicopter accident. There have been a number of of classy tributes on television and in podcast form. Um, I know some of you have already tuned into those. Um, I know as I'm recording this, there's one on TNT. I'm going to try and check that out later. Um, As collectors, I think we view the game a little different, and that involves both the highs and the lows um, so I, I'd like to take today's episode and um, pay tribute in the best way that we know how and that's really by talking about these pieces of cardboard that we admire so much you know which sounds so trivial now but more importantly it's what these pieces represent um, the stories and the memories that go along with those things that's what it's really about so um, there are so many things that can be said about Kobe uh, and in turn, Kobe cards for example, you know, you could do an entire episode on exquisite stuff um, on his autographs and the history of that and all the companies he was exclusive to for a while, all the fakes out there, the rare serial numbered stuff. Um, so before I start today, I'm going to say right off the bat, I can't touch on it all right now. I'm not going to try to. Um, we're going to leave stuff out today, so just keep that in mind. But I've got Jake Roy with me. He's from the YouTube channel, 90s Baseball Cards. Uh, I think his Instagram is 90s underscore b-ball underscore cards. Uh, We did a 1990s and and forward rookie card overview in episode 40. And I realized after the fact that we really glossed over the 1996 class. I I thought about it immediately after we finished recording. Somebody else mentioned it to me. Um, Because that class and the cards that came with it played a huge role in advancing the hobby. So I'd planned on having him on again to help kind of fill in the pieces um, I didn't want it to be under these circumstances though. So, um Jake, this is going to sound weird, but I, I wish I wasn't talking to you today. But um yeah. nonetheless, uh, we're here like everyone else, trying to wrap our heads around the tragedy that happened this week. Um Jake, how are you doing? How are you kinda handling things?
1: You know, I I'm all right. Thanks for having me on. I just like you said, I wish it was under different circumstances, but here we find ourselves. So it's been a it's an interesting week, not even a full week yet. Uh, definitely, a, definitely a somber week.
0: Yeah, it... Um, I I still don't... Uh, I don't know if it will sink in, but um, I, at what point, you know, have you had enough time to, to reflect and talk about it? And, and I don't know if, if there is a point. And uh, it's one of those things that we just kind of have to stumble through. And the best way to figure out how to do it is to try. So... Uh, that's what we're going to do today. So this isn't, you know, there's no perfect tribute. We're going to, to uh, pay tribute in the best way that we know how. Um, and, um, you know, we'll go from there. So I mentioned earlier that there are a number of good Kobe tributes out there already. I don't want to spend a lot of time going over his achievements because that information's out there. There are people that are more qualified to give that. Um, I do, however, want to give just a real quick timeline of his career some of you uh, die hard Kobe guys are gonna listen to this and think man he's leaving so much stuff out but uh, and I know that I want to at least give some context though for the conversation we're about to have so um, Kobe was drafted you know a lot of you know 1996 he was the 13th pick from the hornets um, you know, this was a pick made for the Lakers because of the there was a, a trade with Vlady Um Kobe was just a 17 year old kid at the time in fact I think his parents had to co-sign. The contract, Um, you know, Kobe's rookie year, he, he won the slam dunk contest, but, uh, and Jake, you can probably speak to this. A a lot of people forget that there were quite a few turbulent moments Mm -hmm. in that rookie year. And, uh, it wasn't just like, you know, he, he wasn't just amazing from the start. There were ups and downs. He was a kid. He didn't mess with, mess with his, uh, with the veteran players there. He didn't mess with Dell Harris, who was the coach. I think in the playoffs even in 97 he there was a point where he shot a bunch of airballs in one one of the in game 5 I think it was um but he started to figure it out. And um you know, it was an interesting time. We'll we'll talk about the hobby in just a, a moment here. In 2000 he won the first of of five NBA titles which um I can't say I was particularly happy about that one because um, he beat my Pacers, and um, you know that was the only time the Pacers had made the NBA Finals. But um, just real quick for me, that was a, a pretty big moment. I think it was Game Four where Shaq fouled out, and Kobe kind of took over. and And um, we were we were desperate for a um, an MJ replacement. Uh, you know, Jake. W- once again, you you probably are you, you remember this too. We Certainly. wanted somebody to be Michael Jordan. Right. And, yep. and it, and we had been kind of building Kobe up to be that guy. And, um, even as a kind of, you know, I was pretty young when all this was going on. I was, you know, in, in 2000, I was what, 12, 13, you know, we didn't re we didn't really know if he would be that guy. And, um, I'm not saying he ever reached that level, but, um, that really solidified, like this guy is, is legit in my mind. It was really that series for me in that game. Um, and then he eventually, he won two more in 2002, he was named to the all NBA team for the first time. I think he ended up getting 11 of those, um, 2003, you know, I'm, I'm not going to leave this out. He was arrested in, in Colorado as part of a sexual assault complaint, um, the accuser later filed a, a civil suit. They reached a settlement. I, I mentioned that because it's an important part of his story and an important part of his narrative. Um, and, um, we're also not here to just to make saints out of people just because they passed on. Um, we want to present people as they are imperfect people, right? And we can still celebrate imperfect people. um, so anyway, 2006, he scored 81 points in a game, second only to Wilt Chamberlain's 100. 2008, he won his lone MVP award, which it's, it's crazy thinking You know, he only won one, and he won it in 2008. Um, 2009, he won the NBA Finals MVP. He won that again in 2010. Uh, there's a pretty big gap here between events, but the, there were some rough Lakers teams in this stretch, especially after 2012. Kobe had some injuries. There was, you know, the Achilles injury was big, the shoulder injury, the knee injury. Uh, the last season, the last Lakers season was rough. They won 17 games, but he went out on a high note. And I'm sure you guys remember this. He scored 60 against the Jazz. Um, the oldest player in NBA history to score 60 in a game. The most points um, that an NBA player has scored in his final game. So... Uh, real big deal, you know. It it was nice to see him go on, out on that note. Um, Jake, real quick before we go to the cards, I I kind of added some of my Kobe memories in there real quick. Do you have a, a favorite memory of his that's not necessarily card related that you can share with us today?
1: Yeah, actually, uh, you know, one of my favorite moments in, uh, like a lot of people, I wasn't necessarily the biggest Kobe fan. I did appreciate his game, but. Uh, there are other players that I really focused on, but in uh, 2008, I had the opportunity to go to Beijing for the Olympics, and while there, you know, trying to soak up the uh, completely different culture than our own here in America, um, I noticed that there were, you know, a lot of fans of the game of basketball, and really the biggest stars that were there. Um, You know, from seeing them on billboards and everything, were Yao Ming, as we can expect. He was kind of the the basketball ambassador in China. Yi Zhang Lang, who uh, Mm -hmm. was a promising prospect. And then, you know, right up there with with Yao and Yi was Kobe. Um, You know, and to see a player from America who was, um, you know, just a guy that, that I knew as, you know, one of the greats at our point in time, being celebrated in a foreign country right alongside with their national heroes really for the sport um, was kind of eye opening for me the impact that he had beyond just uh, just our country and our sport because uh, it wasn't it wasn't just him as a basketball player it was you know people wanted a piece of anything <laughs> related to Kobe. It seemed like uh, he was everywhere, his clothing was everywhere. Uh, he didn't really have the the Nike branded shoes at that point. Um, but it was it was really eye opening to see that that was one of my favorite memories for sure.
0: Now, did um, you mentioned you were there for the Olympics. Um, I'm assuming you watched the basketball. You saw it in person, right?
1: Yeah, we didn't have a chance to see the men's team play, actually. Those were pretty hard tickets to come by. Uh, We went out into the city and watched. uh, While we were there, they had the China and U.S. game, which was, you know, if we remember back to 2008, that was being drummed up as being the biggest uh, competition uh, between those two countries in the olympics uh so everybody's highly anticipating that game so we went out and and watched alongside people uh in the city but we did get to see the women's team play and uh while the women were playing most of the men's team came to those games uh and watched in the crowd and supported them so that was that was fun to see them there uh enjoying basketball as fans like ourselves as well
0: yeah a a major regret that i have um yeah i've been to a lot of nba games I, um, never got to see Jordan in person, watched a lot of him on TV. I tried to get to Kobe games. It's, but even like when I had season tickets, I always had to work that night. And it, it so I, I never got to that. I always told myself towards the end of his career, Oh, I'm going to go see Kobe. Then he started getting hurt. And, um, I, I missed that opportunity. Um, I've seen LeBron a couple of times. So my suggestion to everybody, you know, go see the good players. Well, you can, um, I, you know, I, there. I've got a list now that I want to see. I think Giannis is the top one right now that I want to see, go see the good players when they come to town. Uh, and I, with load management, that's tough now, but, but do what you can go see those good players. Um, all right, Jake. So, uh, and I know I'm, I've, talked to you a lot already. I'll try not to, to dominate everything, but, um, I'm sure a lot of your memories are also attached to cards. So, yeah. And definitely. um we're not going you know I talked about it in the intro we're not going to get to everything today. Um but I, you're you're my 90s guy, right? <laughs> and I and I definitely want to start right at the beginning um which would be 1996 and focus yep. some on his rookie season. And um you were incidentally you you were on um episode 40 with me. And uh, Prism hadn't come out yet. Oh, how the world was so different, right? And uh, seems like so long ago and so many trips to Walmart have passed since then. Um, I don't know how many Zion rookies we're up to, but at that point, I think we were over 30, right? It yeah, was something well crazy. 30. I okay. think it
1: was. Yeah, I think it was in one product we had thirty.
0: <laughs> one product, thirty yeah. rookies, right? So, for if we go back to nineteen ninety six, Kobe and all the rookies in that class. Which, mind you, we're not even going to talk about that class much today. Um, we, we I might have Jake back on for that later. Um, there are all sorts of offshoots, inserts, parallels, and so on. But we were kind of in a transition in the hobby in nineteen ninety six. We hadn't moved into autograph rookies inserts were a big deal. Um, Serial numbered stuff was not. So when you're looking for uh, base rookie cards with the actual rookie card designation, and you know, I might have counted wrong, but I tried to look back today. I I think there's only 16 actual
1: Kobe Bryant rookies. Does that sound right? That does sound right. If you're just looking at the base versions, no parallels, um, that sounds about right. Right. So yeah. So
0: like when we say, and for those of you that are new, when we say like, um, the no parallels, like, um, you know, the, the EX 2000 was a base rookie, the credentials that was numbered, that was a parallel to that. That does not count as a base rookie. Right. Even though it is a very, very desirable rookie a very desirable card. So that's great. I mean, Zion passed that before he even stepped onto the court, (laughs) um, Zion passed that before he was ever in shape. Whenever that happens, right? So, <laughs> so uh, sixteen rookies for Kobe. So at one point, I, I know Beckett made a list of them. Uh, when it comes to value, there weren't a lot of real tough sets then. So it, the first few make the list kind of top heavy. Uh, so I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read off the first uh, handful for you, Jake, and I yep. want to kind of get your thoughts because, like I said, you're my '90s guy here. Right. Um, number one. Was tops Chrome certainly? Yep. Okay. Um, you know, I I've talked a little bit about that on the show. Tops Chrome was, um, you know, the first um, standalone. Well, we had the the Chromium sets earlier with the, you know, s finest. s yeah. We had the finest earlier, starting in was ninety three. Yep. 93 yes, ninety three. We started with finest, but then this new, you know, this was Chrome. This was the new set, um, retail only. Did you open any of that when that came out? I might have asked you that last episode.
1: I don't think we touched on that, actually. Uh, No, I didn't. So, yeah, it was the first year of Chrome. It was a retail-only, but um, there was actually somebody who I was talking to about this, and they reminded me that while it was a retail-only, a lot of hobby shops went to the retail outlets and bought boxes. So a lot of times people would find it in hobby stores rather than – the, the retail settings, but yeah, I remember those packs were definitely not in my price range at, um, you know, however old I was, nine years old at that point in time. Collector's Choice was, but not Chrome. Right,
0: right. <laughs> hmm, people taking um, desirable packs and boxes of Chromium products and stashing them away and, and marking them up, that, I, I've i never seen that Sounds before. Familiar. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, all right. Um, number two was um, EX2000, I mentioned that one already. Yep. Uh, Number three was Top's Finest, and Mm -hmm. I I don't disagree with any of those. Um, Continuing on, number four was Flair Showcase Row 2, and then number five was Bowman's Best. And um, even though there might be some aspects of the cheaper ones that you really like, you mentioned Collector's Choice, which I love that photo that's on there. Um, In terms of sheer value would you agree that those are a solid top five or would you switch the order around on any of them? And if you need me to repeat them, I can.
1: No. Uh, yeah, I think those right now, those are definitely the top five. Uh, I mean, I think back in 1997, 98, the the list might've looked a little different, but, um, right now those are definitely the top five base that I can think of.
0: Yes. It's funny how things have, you know, perceptions have changed about things over time and, you know how important chrome has become um can you talk about you you, you mentioned the hobby shops were were pulling the chrome boxes was mm-hmm. you know what was the reception like then was were they just pulling it because it was different or was it actually really in demand
1: uh it was definitely in demand but i think people were a little bit more skeptical you know it was a new product uh You know, in in my recollection, granted, I was a kid back then, so sometimes my perceptions are skewed by those around me, but um, Upper Deck was really the big dog. I mean, Topps was definitely a big player, but people really wanted to get the Upper Deck rookies, the base rookies of Upper Deck and some of those other products. Um, So it wasn't the, you know, premium number one clear-cut choice like uh, it is in hindsight. Um, It was was right up there. It was definitely pushing Upper Deck um, to kind of up their game a little bit. Right.
0: Wait a second. You mean competition is a good thing, right? I think. I think so. <laughs> okay. I. I. You know. And I didn't mean to. Uh, you know. I'm not trying to bring this back to today, but uh, history repeats itself. It does. Right. Yep. Or or some of these trends could repeat themselves if if they were allowed to. Um, okay. So w- with that being said, there are some more common rookies out there. Those are just five out of the sixteen. Um, obviously, all of the rookies went up in value this week. Um, even the uh, scoreboard stuff, which yeah. I'm not counting as part of the 16. Um, I went digging through my boxes today. I found two scoreboard rookies. It, you know, they're they're ugly cards. Like I don't have any attachment to those. They're mm-hmm. to me, they're not real rookies. And it's crazy. You know, I see they're selling for 20 or 30 dollars. Um, wow which we'll talk about that, um, situation a little bit later towards the end, you know, do, do I sell? What do I do? That's kind of a, a touchy subject, but, yep. um, scoreboard stuff, 20 or $30. I mean, the whole box of scoreboard is probably, was probably $20 not too long ago. Um, <laughs> probably even 10 in some cases. Probably 10. Yes. <laughs> probably that would have been the add on at your card shows. Please take this with your right. purchase. Um, <laughs> So anyway, though, the, um, the top space rookie, I think you and I have messaged some about that. That was maybe what a $10 card maybe. Yeah. Yeah. A um, week go,
1: it was 10 to 15, 10 at the to most.
0: 15. Yeah. And I've raw. seen it. Um, you know, I've seen raw copies. Of course they're all over the place. It's whatever mm-hmm. people are selling them for, but I've seen people buying them between 75 and $150. Yep. Um, and now, even though they, the, the whole point of that, even though they went up in value, that doesn't change the fact that they're common Right, and that that's right. what I'm getting at here. So when I say common, it doesn't necessarily equate to value. It's, there's a lot of tops rookies out there. Yep. Okay. Um, so as cards progressed and designs took off and serial numbers got big, we saw a lot of nice Kobe stuff in the late nineties. So we're talking, you know, second year and on. I was never really a big insert guy. I've seen plenty of your videos though. And if, um, (laughs) if my listeners haven't, then, um, you know, you're listening, use one of your other five senses and go watch some of Jake's videos on YouTube, 90s beatball cards. Um, I just want to make sure we get that plug in while we Thank can you. here, but please go watch this video. So I've seen your videos. I know you and your brother were all about the pack odds and the chase for the good stuff. So mm-hmm. in, unless your you know, your mindset has changed over the years, like you were all about the inserts, right? For sure. Yep. Okay. And well you were kind of fortunate too, it's your dad, um, kind of understood the hobby and yeah. he, he was able to, to, point you in the right direction. I was just like, why does this card look different than all of the other ones? This is dumb. Okay. Um, So now what were some of your favorite Kobe inserts? And then did you ever pull any real nice ones for yourself or or with your family, I guess?
1: Yeah. So, you know, if I'm sitting here thinking about some of the best, I mean, one of the first ones that we have to think of is definitely 9798 EX 2001 Jambalaya. Right. You know, that is today what it was then, just a revolutionary set, uh, gorgeous looking, but also the picture on the Kobe especially is, is eye-opening. Um, just a really cool looking card and extraordinarily rare. I mean, if they serial numbered those, they would have been in the hundreds. Um, you know, so very rare, very hard to find, very beautiful, uh, right. Very unique looking cards that have, you know, kind of been duplicated over the years, but uh, nothing quite captures that first year. So that Kobe stands out to me for sure. And I've featured it on Instagram a couple of times, and every time that it comes up, people love it. You know, it's right. it's a fan favorite for sure. Which one um,
0: thing uh, I'll ask of you, Jake, this week, make sure you share some of these pictures if you absolutely. remember.
1: Okay, Absolutely. I will. That has been my plan for at least this week, so uh, we'll see how many I can get in there. Um, you know, so other stuff from 97 that I loved, I really loved, uh, you know, Top's Finest was one of those sets that, um, was a personal favorite of mine. I know a lot of people loved it and still do. So the 97, 98 set, we saw the embossed die cut refractors for the gold. Um, right. so that Kobe is, is a gorgeous card numbered to 74. Uh, but it's, you know, a beautiful, beautiful card. Um, I have always loved it and there's a lot of other ones in that set that aren't the gold version, uh, you know, so people are looking at other cards from the 97 finest set. There's, uh, there's plenty of Kobe's to, to find whether it's, uh, you know, one of the variants or one of the base.
0: Now, is that the, um, is that the surface that looks similar to mosaic?
1: Yeah. So the, if you look at the silver embossed refractors from 97, uh, those ones have the same pattern or pretty much the same pattern as the mosaic uh, from P- prism now
0: and s- silvers were out of um dude, is it 1063 like something a weird number like that right
1: uh yeah it might have been one 1093 or 63 no. something like okay. that Okay, yeah.
0: something like that so there's plenty of those out there but still still valuable and still very nice looking cards um so for those of you that like mosaic that might be you know something to look back at and and yeah. kind of make
1: that comparison not not trying to drive the price because I'm trying to get my penny still, but
0: <laughs> okay. So don't buy the penny right. silver, just the Kobe, just, just the Kobe, the Kobe. <laughs> just the horrible advice right now. Buy Kobe, sorry. Um,
1: so any others that stood out to you, or did you pull any yourself? Uh, you know, so one of the ones that uh, stands out and we pulled actually, my brother pulled this one. So the ninety-eight, ninety-nine. Uh, top's gold label was inserted in the base tops it was the first year that they had it was an insert that year and they also had the gold label, the black label and the red label, the red label being uh, serial numbered, so my brother and I as well as a couple of our friends loved that insert set, wanted to get every single one uh, so we bought a lot of tops that year and actually, my brother, looking through his cards in the last year, realized that one of the Kobes that he had pulled when we were kids that he just assumed was a gold label was actually a black label. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it, it's not... You now, I can't really speak on what the value is right now, but it wasn't the most valuable card when we noticed it. Um, but just kind of a fun memory that, you know, we miss things as kids, and we I still miss things. Right. But. Uh, it's that was always it's a card almost
0: better to discover it later on because, like, <laughs> right. I uh, I remember pulling, and this is not Kobe, but a, a Jordan Starquest Red, and mm-hmm. um, out of a Walmart pack, you know our favorite product collector's choice, right? right? And um, I thought it was red because he played for the bulls, right? Because my Starks or Ewing or whoever was blue and that mm-hmm. just made sense. And then many years later I discovered, oh, that's actually a really nice card.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Uh, but
0: I, I prefer it. You know, it's nice to figure, you know, I, I would have got just as big of a kick out of pulling a base Jordan. So right, it's kind of nice that way. Yeah. Um, so then as we moved through the, the 90s and the hobby changed, Kobe was definitely a big part of that. And um, if I recall correctly, there was just a very short time period where his auto was exclusive to Tops. Yep. Um, You and I were talking earlier. We think that was 98 and 99. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that that sounds about right. Then, um, you know, then he had the the wonderful black Sharpie autos, airbrushed uniform cards um, with Collector's Edge, which... Um, A lot of, you know, the collector's edge, the scoreboard, that type of stuff. Um, In theory, it's a great opportunity to get Kobe stuff for cheaper. Mm. You just got to be really careful with the counterfeit stuff. So please, you know, study, 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 and don't trust everything just because it's in a slab. Um, And that's not even, you know, it's not, I'm not trying to have some anti-grading, anti-Beckett agenda. It's just, they've messed a lot of them up. That some of the fakes are so good that even they've missed them. No. Yep. Um, all right. So then he had uh, he moved over to Upper Deck, signed an autograph deal with them. Uh, as memorabilia cards took off, he was a part of the UD game jerseys. Uh, I know on your channel you've chased the the penny uh, of the game yep. jerseys, but uh, Kobe was a part of some of those sets as well. And um, several, you know, several more years passed, and he was part of the. We're jumping into the 2000s now. The inaugural Exquisite release, which you know obviously was huge. I've talked a lot about Exquisite on this show already. He continued to be part of Upper Decks Autograph lineup until their exit from the at least the NBA portion of the hobby in 2009. Um, and uh, he signed on with Panini to be one of their trading card ambassadors shortly after. And this was a big deal at the time. Um, Jake, do you, were you collecting, were you active then, or that was kind of, you were picking up packs here and there in college?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot more sporadic. Uh, I did get a few, I didn't get any prism the first year. Uh, but yeah, it it was sporadic. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't too fond of, I I always wanted to get the rookies (laughs) when I was in college. That was kind of what I was hoping for. So seeing a Kobe didn't excite me at that point in time.
0: Well, and they, um, you know, they did some things that you mentioned to th- uh, first year prism. So, um, the 2012 products, I think it was 2012 had yep. the
1: Kobe packs. Um, right. And actually you can get right now. And I, I wonder what they're looking at right now, but, uh, it was almost like a box top or the, the top of the box. It had, a. Uh, almost like a jumbo card with Kobe on it.
0: Yeah, I have that. I actually have. I actually found it um, tonight. I have one of those from Prism. Nice. I saved it. I just thought it was cool. Uh, um, cool. I saved that along with my Thomas Robinson auto that I pulled.
1: Beautiful. Um,
0: so, yeah, I just thought it, it was a real, and it's actually like a high quality, you know, little display. So it was pretty nice. But then, yeah, they did the Kobe cards as well. Which, um, you know, people had different thoughts on those. You could get numbered cards and autos, which was nice, but for the most part, it was just this giant Kobe set. And, um, you know, I don't know. I didn't want it to replace my other packs, but you know, it it was nice that they had it. I get why they had it. He was their ambassador. It was a big deal for him to be with them. Um, they did a couple of other sets as well. There was a hero versus villain box set for him in 2015. I never, you know, I, I never bought any of that. I can't really speak much to that. They made a standalone Eminence set for him in 2017. Now, that was a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen some really nice cards that come out of that. I don't have any pictures to show you guys, I would just have to take some from the internet. Because I don't own any of those, but uh, just some really nice looking stuff. It incorporated his sneakers, his shoes, you know, things he was passionate about. Um, some of his branding. Um, it's just some really nice looking stuff. Now, unfortunately, and we'll, we might talk about this a little more later. But one of the big group breakers had a, a case of this that they said they had had stashed away. And you know, regardless of how they phrased it, they said they wanted to do it as a tribute, right? Of course, they did. Um, But they exploited the tragedy to sell a break of that case this weekend, and they they definitely made a profit on it. It's not like they were doing it as a tribute and to help people out. Um, Don't... And, and, you know, it's their product. They can do whatever they want with it. Um, But just look out for the the rhetoric of some of these people and, and the way that they try and spin things and, hey, let me end this tribute with eight exclamation points. You know, it's just like what you know, use your head, use your head when you're dealing with these people. I know I saw another breaker that they're trying to sell, um, some of the, you know, recent products that have Kobe autos in them. The products themselves weren't moving. So now they've basically have used this in their advertising. You can get Kobe autos out of it. So, you know, it's up to you if you want to buy into that, that's your choice. Um, just, you know, consider, consider what these people are doing you know, figure out if you think that's right or not. Um, okay. So anyway, he continued to sign for the company. Like I said, he's got autos and some of these newer products leading up to, um, his unfortunate death. I think one of the recent redemption reports showed a big batch of Kobe's. So there are some redemptions still out there. Panini should have them. I'm hoping they honor them. I, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't. Um, and, uh, Jake, I know you're a 90s guy. Yep. And, but you're not you're not necessarily anti-new stuff. You have broken right. some, you know, you break some new stuff from time yep. to time. You you do what everyone does. You go to Walmart. You got to scratch the itch, right? <laughs> exactly. So um, over time, though, Kobe was in all of these sets. Right. I mean, he was in like everything, and his autographs kind of had a, a bit of a negative negative stigma on them mm-hmm. because there were just so many of them. Right. And I know even like. I don't think I valued them much. I'm like, oh, you know, it's, look, at he pulled another Kobe auto, big deal, right? Great player, but so many of them out there. Well, all things considered now, I think I'm glad that there's a lot of them out there. Um, I hope everyone that wants to own one can get one at a reasonable price in due time. I'm not much of an autograph guy. I never got one. I wish I had, though. It's something I am going to be looking out for. Um and as I was kind of piecing this episode together today, though, um, and figuring out where I wanted to go with this thing, one word kept sticking out to me, and that was impact. And, you know, Kobe Bryant is he, he had an incredible impact on the court, obviously, off the court. You can see that by the way people are affected, you can see that by the way people are talking about him. Um, he had an unmistakable impact in our hobby. So Jake, I'm going to put you on the spot here, but if you had to summarize what kind of an impact Kobe had on our hobby, uh,
1: what would you say? Yeah, you know that's that's tough. Um, you know, if you if we were having this conversation a week ago, it would have been a very different answer. And you know, throughout the year, kind of uh, with the anticipation of him going into the Hall of Fame, uh, you know, I've had a lot of friendly banter with people as far as uh, you know what what might happen with the Kobe collectibles market and, and stuff. Um, you know, but I think Kobe, when he was playing, he was kind of the, the number two to Jordan. Um, and I think that uh, that's kind of his, his legacy. He spanned that gap between, uh, Jordan's retirement and LeBron's, uh, you know, coming into the league. So, you know, he's, I think got that portion of, of the hobby cemented. Um, but, I think he's going to be one of those one of those top 5, you know, quote unquote modern guys. Um, you know, we're going to look at his things um, you know, right up in that tier. And uh, you know, I, I think that this kind of um highlights to some people the importance of of what he meant to fans of of sports in general. Um, you know, he really transcended the game of basketball in America. Uh, he was an international star. Uh, I think we're seeing some of that in the, um, you know, in the reception of of what the tragedy means to people, and, and the impact that we're seeing people share, um, you know, across all sorts of lines. Celebrities of of all sorts, you know, uh, you know what he did in terms of basketball with his daughter, uh, and and you know helping mentor. Current players, um, you know, going and winning an Academy Award his first year out of basketball, um, you know, I think that his impact in the hobbies is definitely going to be, uh, you know, one of the one of the top guys uh, for a long time.
0: Yeah, and, and it's interesting, um, you know, when people die young, and yes, Kobe was done playing, but as you mentioned, it his really his, his second career is you know, was already very successful. Right. And yep. even if you, you know, it's hard to say what that career was because he was, he had his hands on so many things already. Right. And, um, you know, I love the fact that he, he was open to these NBA players. Like when Gordon Hayward got hurt, he was open to him. Yep. Um, you know, he told Giannis like, you know, you're, you're going to be the MVP. Right. So he was reaching out to these people and he still had a huge impact on the sport. And there's something about people that die young, you know, be it Hendrix or, you know, Cobain or JFK, whatever the list goes on. I think that influences how we remember them. And you, you've kind of talked about, you know, well, it, things have changed from a week ago and, and I'm right there with you. Um, you know, I didn't really care much for the top rookies a week ago and now I'm like, I'm I'm bummed out. Like, wow, you know, I really want some of these cards, right? Um, and for those of us that, so then those of us that collected influences how we collect. And, um, you know, I'd wanted a, I had actually wanted a, a Chrome rookie. Uh, one right. of my goals in the, the listener forum that I did, I mentioned I wanted to get rookie cards for so many iconic people. So for Kobe, you know, I did mention it, but that was the Chrome rookie. Well, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen, at least no, the way things. Anyway. Yeah, not anytime soon. Not the way things are looking. Um, so all of a sudden now, a tops rookie is a lot more appealing to me, right? right? And I think a lot of people are going through the same mental process. Um, even though he was done playing, you know, it it, it I didn't really appreciate the career, um, and I think that would have ramped up towards the hall of fame stuff. You could already see people talking about how Kobe cards were very undervalued. And, um, a lot of people anticipated that there would be a bump at the hall of fame, which makes sense. We see that with other players, but especially a player of his magnitude. And with that hall of fame class, I think that was all slated to happen. Um, but yeah, now we can see, you know, Wow. You know, it changes our perceptions a little bit. So this leads me to believe then we're probably going to have a lot of people digging through their old collections that normally wouldn't.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you're going to have guys that want to remember the early days of Kobe and they might go to their parents' house and grab some old binders. They might go in their closets and grab their old binders and thumb through them. When you combine that with all of the Luca buzz and the Zion buzz right now, it might even bring some people back to the hobby you know, who knows? And, and I don't think this is going to be any sort of mass movement. I'm not projecting that. Right. Um, but I think we will see some of that. And and I was just wondering, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Or do you know anyone that you think might fit that mold? I know sometimes I think about people like who are the potential collectors around me?
1: Yeah. You know, and and to that point, I think it's a kind of a perfect reminder. I had, three very close friends who, you know, we all played sports together growing up, and, you know, we all kind of, they collected at different levels, let's say, but uh, all three of them, um, you know, within the last three days have have reached out to me and, um, you know, kind of reminisced about, you know, their collecting, you know, one of them actually, <laughs> he was talking to me today, and he says, I know I have the, or I had the top's finest rookie card, which I remember trying to get it from him, you know, <laughs> countless numbers of time, uh, and he's like, I don't know where it is, I need to go find it, I'm like, time to go treasure hunting in the attic, um, you know, so a lot of people are remembering these collectibles that they had, you know, another friend of mine had um, his prototypes from the Adidas company, uh, his shoes, he has two of those, and he's like, oh, I gotta go find those, you know, so a lot of people are remembering that they have these things, and they're, you know, now wanting to go and you know, not necessarily to sell them, just to kind of touch them and see them and remember all the memories and, you know, kind of pay tribute, uh, in their own, in their own way.
0: Right. And we see this as content creators because, you know, we say on, on our personal Facebooks and stuff, Hey, you know, this is my show, check it out, whatever, you know, help, please help support me, whatever. Um, so it's easier, easy for us to kind of serve as we're kind of a, 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 you know, a liaison for, um, these people that are not in the collecting world. Right? We're we're their connection. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I encourage listeners, you can be that too. You know, you can you can help if you know if people are struggling to deal with that. Hey, you know, what about that collection you have? You know, or here's how you know, here's how I would handle it. It could be a segue to, you know, connect with people. Hey, here's part of my world, here's here's what mm-hmm. I enjoy, here's how I deal with this, here's how I cope. You know, you never know. Um, I talked about impact earlier, another short term impact something you know we've already seen it we've talked about it here values have spiked um you know Jake I know we were messaging about that some I know mm-hmm. we've talked about the scoreboard stuff what what's the most surprising thing that you you probably have seen so far
1: you know the the most surprising absolutely is the incredible is the only word i can think of spike in the uh, just the base tops rookie you know like we were talking about earlier a week ago that was selling for you know ten or fifteen dollars you know sometimes even closer to five dollars in some cases uh you know now they're close to a hundred dollars you know so you're looking at ten x on that card almost overnight um that that's been surprising um you know in kind of keeping you on the positive side it's just it's been surprising the overwhelming Demand, you know, the overwhelming number of people that are, you know, now saying I've got to get my hands on stuff. Like, like you had mentioned the tops base rookie, you know, a a lot of these cards, a UD three rookie, which I love. um, Mm. They're not rare. Uh, They're not hard to find. Not at all. (laughs) If I go and look through my Kobe cards, um, you know, there's a good chance I've got two or three tops, you know, a lot of other people, you know, two or three of the upper deck or, you know, five of the collector's choice. Um, you know, these cards weren't rare, but they're, um, they're cards that I've held onto just because my wife's a fan. <laughs> and now I've got another reason to hang on to them and, and enjoy them. Um, you know, so it's been, it's been eye opening seeing how many people are, are just, you know, wanting a piece that's of Kobe, that's kind of tangible, something they can hold and see and, and remember through. So, um,
0: what do you think about selling Kobe Bryant cards right now?
1: so I've had a lot of people reach out to me and, and ask me very similar questions and my advice and, and people have asked me specifically if I'm selling kobe cards so you know this is perfect because I can just get it out to a broader audience <laughs> um my my personal opinion is I'm not selling or buying any Kobe cards right now um you know I'm not mad at the people who are um you know obviously some people are, are going about it in a way that I think isn't uh the most genuine, but, uh, you know, just my personal feeling, I think that the, the prices have skyrocketed, you know, talking about the top's base, um, I don't think that that's gonna last forever, but, you know, we don't know how long that might last for, it could be a week, it could be a month, it could be a year, um, you know, the longer it lasts, the more steady it it feels, um and, you know, I'm not selling stuff because I just want to hang on to it, enjoy it, um, like I said, my wife is a Kobe fan, uh, she's very sad about this tragedy, um, and I've always hung on to those cards for her, and I don't see that changing, (laughs) just because, uh, you know, values have, have gone up, that's not, that's not a motivation for me to sell, necessarily, so, um, that's my, my personal advice. But like, like I had said, I'm not mad at anybody. I know a few people who've, um, mentioned that they're going to try to sell things, um, you know, in due time, but I also know plenty of other people who have taken listings off of eBay. Um, they had Kobe cards that were listed before the tragedy. And as soon as they found the news, they took their cards down, um, which I think is, is equally as good of a move.
0: Right. And, And I'm kind of, um, I've got a card show this weekend and uh, you know I've talked about it a little before on here. It's not a huge show. I don't have a huge display, but I, you know, I take some, a good amount of stuff. And so I, I've got some Kobe stuff and it, I just kind of have that stack there. And that's why I, I wanted to pick your brain. Like, what do I do with this? Right. Because if I do take it there, it's not going to be some of the, the scoreboard rookies are not going to be in the dollar box where they were a mm-hmm. month ago right? I don't think I need to go there. If I'm going to sell them, I don't think I need to sell them for a dollar. Um, right. then again, I don't want to mark them up at 50 and say, you know, here I am celebrating death, not celebrating right. death, but you know, uh, capitalizing, profiting on, capitalizing yeah. right. For lack of, for a much better word there, uh, capitalizing on death. So, you know, I think you got to look at, if you are going to sell, try and be reasonable about it. Um, people, there are people buying that will, you know, they're going to pay those prices because they want to. Right. Right. I just don't, you know, don't make a big display out of it. it is kind of my thinking and my approach. I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to make a big stack of Kobe rookies and, you know, make that the spotlight of my table. But right. if people are there and they want to buy them, you know, and we can come to a reasonable price, then I, I think that's something that, that I'm okay with. Right. As far as, especially the scoreboard stuff, because I'll be honest, um, the scoreboard cards don't mean anything to me, yep. and I don't have any great memories attached to those. To me, it's unlicensed stuff. It's the Prism Draft of nineteen ninety six. So,
1: um, <laughs> yeah. I,
0: I know I'm gonna catch some flack for that. I'm sure, but um, it just doesn't do much for me, yep. right? So, uh, let's say the the tops rookies, the base tops rookies. Where do you think um, you know? You mentioned those will probably those will stabilize over time. Where do you think they're gonna end up at? I mean, just a guess if you had to
1: you know my best guess, and this is you know really picking a number out of thin air, I would have to they just feel like a twenty to thirty dollar card to me right. um it, you know it but I wouldn't be overly surprised if it it in at fifty um you know again, we're talking about a raw card that's not not uh very rare uh twenty to thirty just feels feels right to me.
0: Yeah. I, I kind of feel like when all said and done, it will probably double. So that range is about right. I think, you know, the lower end stuff will double. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously the, the dollar stuff would, would climb a lot more than that, you know, percentage wise. Um, but, um, so just a message, if you guys are out there, if you really want Kobe stuff, um, Kind of like my message in the playoffs. If a, if a player's playing great, if his name's out there all the time, don't buy him right now. You know, right. um, Kobe. If you really want to buy Kobe stuff, which I'm there too. There's some Kobe stuff I've got my eye on. Um, now's really not the time. Um, you know, if it's something that's rare and you don't think it will ever show up again, then maybe consider it. But for all this common stuff that we're talking about, now is probably not the best time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and to that point, I think that something that you hit on in a lot of your episodes, when the market zigs you zag, um, I think this is a good time to kind of hone in on other players that you enjoy um, and, you know, kind of let let the dust settle. Uh, enjoy the tributes, and, uh, you know, then when the dust settles a little bit, then I think that, you know, it's going to be a, a better time to buy. Right.
0: And, um, you know, a lot of us are turning to buying because that's kind of a way that we cope with stuff. I I think, uh, some of us, maybe we make fun of our significant others for retail therapy. Um, (laughs) when we have eBay therapy and, um, you know, we turn to cards when we're bummed out and we want to escape from things that are going on in our world. So when something basketball related makes us sad, it kind of throws us for a bit of a loop. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I I will say before we before we sign off today Jake I I know that talking with you now made me think of a lot of good memories and and there were so many other places we could go there's so much more we could say we'll probably do more Kobe stuff in the future but um it it brought some level of comfort to me and um I hope we were able to provide that for some people listening today So, um, Jake, thank you for that opportunity. Thanks for coming on before we go. Is there anything that you want to say or anything you want to plug? Please feel free to do so.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, I think the, the thing to plug today for me is just the love those around you. Um, you know, no day is promised. I think we've heard that from a lot of people. Uh, you know, right now my, my daughter's upstairs sleeping. I hope she's dreaming of, uh, princesses and unicorns and rainbows (laughs) and, My wife is hopefully asleep now, uh, you know, dreaming of tropical paradise vacations. Um, you know, those are things that aren't promised for tomorrow. Uh, so, so just treasure those around you.
0: And uh, we've talked enough now, and, and it's time for us to hear from you. And you can tag Jake in this stuff as well. I hope he doesn't mind. But um, how did you guys cope with the tragedy this weekend? You know, what are your favorite Kobe cards do you have any special Kobe related memories you'd like to share? Um, you can let me know on my Instagram, which is at Wax Museum Podcast, or my Twitter, which is at Wax Museum PC. In the meantime, if you like the content I'm providing, please subscribe, rate and review on iTunes or Google Play, hit up the Popping site for a link to the merch store, tag Taco Bell and let them know they can pay me in burritos. And until next time, this is the Wax Museum Podcast.